We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. No, you go ahead. Let's not fight over this. This is one of the hazards of doing this from a distance. Yeah, yeah, that's right, because we don't know what each other are doing. By the way, Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark from Ascension Lutheran Church in picturesque South St. Louis. And I'm Pastor, getting a little more jolly, John Lekumski, and and I'm actually here in my uh, studio uh, in the upstairs of my house in in, uh, New Athens, Illinois. Uh, although actually, literally at this point, uh, in the real world, not in radio world, but in the real world, we'll be on our road to Minnesota, Matt. Oh, so, really? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. very good. Uh, this Saturday is our trip as we head back up north uh, to get away from the heat. <laughs> it has been stinking hot and humid. I thought you'd give us a little break, but but it didn't happen that way. Um, real quick question, because I know you've got some important things you want to share with us from the book of Acts. Sure. Uh, are, are they still wearing masks? Are you still wearing masks in, in St. Louis? Oh, we are. We are still masked in St. Louis. Yes. So, um, yeah, yeah, we are. So most places, uh, you know, grocery stores and things on those lines, people are wearing masks. And uh, I'm glad you brought that up because yeah. uh, this weekend we are returning to worship for the first time. Oh, cool. Um, so I'm super excited about that. Thankful for that. Um, we're going to be uh, gathering for worship on a Saturday night. Uh, we'll be recording that worship service as well and then playing that on the Internet. So if if people feel the need to still stay home or if they're in those high risk groups, they can still uh, participate in that way. Um, we're also on KFU radio, actually, uh, during the month of June and July. Uh, so that uh, broadcast well, that uh, service rather will be recorded and then broadcast at 815 on KFU on Sundays. Uh, and then what we're going to do, we're trying to get creative here, John. Uh, we're going to gather together once on a Sunday morning in person uh, at 930, and we're going to meet in our school gymnasium. <laughs> Not ideal, but the occupancy is 400, so we can uh, do a fraction of that uh, in that larger room and, and have everyone spaced out appropriately. So anyway, we're, uh, we're eager to get together again and be in person uh, as the people of Christ and uh you know, hear God's word. So we're doing it that way. Uh, we, uh, we're going to ask people to still wear masks, you know, especially if there's going to be singing and things that'll hopefully alleviate some worries. Uh, we don't want people, uh, to regret coming to worship, but to feel safe. And, uh, hopefully, um, that won't become a distraction to people, but you know, we'll be able to focus on God's word and receive his gifts. So that's the plan, John. Well, and and the reason I asked is because I, you know, you you invited me to come and be part there of your your opening worship, and and I was wondering why you told me that I should just put a bag over my head. <laughs> well, you know, you never can be too safe, John. <laughs> so I was thinking, hi, I am part of the high risk group, but you know, I wondered about that for a long because long before there was coronavirus, people said, you know, really, you ought to put a bag over your head. But. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, right? just, I don't know. Yeah, just keep in mind that that bag isn't just for your sake, but it's for the sake of all those around you as well. <laughs> oh, okay. So it's really an act of love then. That's right. <laughs> it all makes perfect sense to me now. <laughs> all right, Matt. Congratulations. I'm glad you guys are back to worship. I don't know what they're going to be doing here. There's debates going on. We're, we're, we're not quite as open yet in Illinois as you are over there in Missouri. Um, but where are we going? Where are we going for wrestling with the basics Wait, this morning? Yeah, that's right. Wrestling with the basics. I'm glad you worked that in because I don't think we announced that. <laughs> We've um, so for wrestling with the basics. Let's say anybody stumbles across us, they, they probably know who we are. Probably so. Our unique style of radio. Um, <laughs> so we are, we're leaving Missouri. We're leaving Illinois. We are heading to Greece. Yes. Uh, we are going not to uh, new new uh, new Athens, uh, but to, to old Athens uh, yes. in, in Greece. Uh, so that's where we're headed. So we're going to you know open that, up that, the Bibles to Acts chapter seventeen. Acts chapter. That, that's why we changed the pronunciation. That's why we say Athens here rather than Athens, because people kept coming and say, "Where's the Parthenon?" <laughs> <laughs> kept getting confused, right? <laughs> yeah, I said, "No, no, that's that's Athens. We're Athens. We're New Athens." <laughs> I'm sorry. What did you say? X seventeen. <laughs> Acts chapter 17. Okay. Uh, so where do, you, where do you want me to read? Well, well, first, I, I'm going to, uh, and there'll be a point, John, don't worry. But first, okay. we're going to uh, have a little bit of trivia. All right. Ooh, all right. So, Good. You like trivia, right? Everyone I likes do. Trivia. I do. Okay. So, um, it, it, what was the first gospel song? to be in the number one spot of the pop song charts. So the first gospel song uh, to be, uh, to top the charts, to top the, the popular charts. Um, I'll give you a hit. It was in the year 1958. And no song, no gospel song has done it since. Did Elvis, did Elvis sing it? I mean, no, it was Elvis not Elvis. It was someone it from, uh, someone from England sang it. Really? Really, yeah. Oh, okay. Boy, this brings back memories. Matt, Matt, Matt had a trivia night for us when he was over here as our vicar years, ages ago. I don't know what is what was the first gospel song to hit the. Uh, was it number one? You said or just number one? Top? Number one. So, number so one. other num, other like number one other number one songs that year, if this helps, included um, uh, an Elvis song, "Hard Headed Woman." <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and the song Tequila, but you know, everyone knows exactly. The number one gospel song that topped the popular charts is He's Got the Whole World in His Hands. Oh, yeah, so, such so a this, beautiful song. this guy, kind of a one hit wonder, I think, by this British singer. Um, he's got the, the whole world in his hands, and you know, we we probably all know that song and we could sing along with it, right? He's got um, the whole but, world. Yeah, I don't see that going to number one on the pop charts in 2020 necessarily. No. But yeah, we sing it at Sunday school and vacation Bible school, and we, we know that song. He's got the whole world in his hands, right? Uh, and so so keep that in mind. Keep that song in your mind as okay. we uh, talk about uh, what Paul has to say in Acts chapter 17. All right? And then, uh, then hopefully you'll have that song stuck in your head the rest of the Saturday. <laughs> There's worse things to have stuck in your head, right? Um, anyway, all right. Well, let's let's pick up with uh, verses 19 through 21. Okay. Okay. 19 through 21. 
All right, just give me a second. I'm turning the pages even as we speak. Actually, you know, we don't turn pages anymore. I'm scrolling the mouse even as we speak. High tech. <laughs> and they took him and brought him to the Areopagus. Areopagus? Yes, Areopagus, saying, May we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting? For you bring some strange thing. It's like wrestling with the basics. <laughs> you bring some strange things to our ears. <laughs> We, we wish to know, therefore, what these things mean. Now, all the Athenians and the foreigners who live there, it is exactly what people say about our yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, it's perfect. Now, all the Athenians and the foreigners who live there would spend their time in nothing except telling or hearing something new. Yeah, I think that's right. our new uh, our new ad spot, our new commercial spot. <laughs> uh, we need to use that verse. You're bringing strange things to our ears. <laughs> Mark that down. The next time we have to do a promo. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Paul is here in Athens. Uh, I got to concentrate not to say Athens, but Paul's here in Athens, <laughs> and uh, he's they take him to the Areopagus, right? Do you have any yeah. idea what that means, John? Areopagus. Uh, let's see. There's a footnote here. Let's see. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm sorry. I don't have any idea. So it's, 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 it's named after one of those Greek gods, uh, Ares. Um, so it means hill of Ares. And he was yep. the, the Greek god of war, the god of war. Um, sometimes this is called Mars Hill too, right? And that's that's yeah. a reference to the, or the Roman god of war, Mars. Uh, but the, the, the Areopagus, the Areopagus, uh, it's uh, the, the hill of Ares. So that's where Paul's at here. And uh, the the uh, those people from Athens, Athens, uh, whatever. Uh, that's that's what they spend their time doing. Is this talking about philosophy? Talking about religion? Yep. Uh, it's kind of interesting, you know. Different ideas, uh, telling or hearing something new. Uh, I, I, we like that too. I think in our culture today. Oh, I mean, yeah, look exactly. at Facebook and Twitter. I mean, uh, much of that is just telling or hearing something new. I mean, we can't wait for the next piece of news uh, or the next piece of, of what's going on in entertainment or gossip or whatever. So it's kind of interesting uh, that that some things don't change. Um, all right. Well, good. And, and um, it also shows, you know, so so this is a culture that is pretty well established. Obviously, their basic needs are being met. Otherwise, they wouldn't have time to sit around and, and spend all their time telling or hearing something new. Yeah. Well, that's exactly right. It's it's kind of a luxury, isn't it? I mean, they're they're not, they don't have to just scrape by. It's not just, you know, living hand to mouth, you know, in in, uh, in Athens. You know, it's a center of philosophy and learning and culture. And as we'll see, it's also the center of pagan worship, uh, as they worship many different deities. Uh, but I, I think of it, you know, again, America today, we're blessed to be pretty affluent, you know, overall. Uh, We have abundance, and so we can spend time uh, telling and hearing those new things, uh, for better or for worse, (laughs) sometimes. Uh, But yeah, 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 I think that's a a good point. So yeah, let's let's go on then uh, to verses 22 and 23, and we hear what uh, Paul encounters here on this hill. So Paul, standing in the midst of the Areopagus, said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. For as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, I found an altar with this inscription, To the unknown God. What therefore you worship is unknown, this I proclaim to you. So yeah, so in addition to philosophy and just hearing and sharing new things, uh, they're also in, in uh, Athens, 
they are famous for their gods. They had a god for everything. Uh, here's just a few of them, John. I, I looked, okay. I Googled Greek gods, and you, there's just pages and pages. So were, here's were these some of the them. top 10 gods? These are, these are sort of the top 10 gods. I'm going to give them to yeah. you from, from A right. to Z. Okay, I'm going to start with okay. A. Uh, Apollo, the god of music and poetry. There uh, you go. Kronos was the god of, what do you think? Kronos, the god of time. 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 Very good. Yeah. Dionysus, the god of wine. Uh, Eros, the god of lust. All right. Yep. Uh, Hades, the god of the dead. Uh, Helios, the god of the sun. Air? Oh, the sun. Sun, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you're right. Like helium, right? Uh, the god yeah. of the sun. Uh, Plutus, the god of wealth. Poseidon was the god of the sea. The sea. Yeah. And then Zeus, here's Z, uh, was the god of, well, I guess a lot of things, but you know, we could call him the god of the sky, I suppose. Okay. God the yeah, the heavenly god, maybe. The right? heavenly god. So, yeah. I mean, you, you get the idea. They had a god for everything under the sun, including the sun itself, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, everything. Everything. Uh, and so Paul sees in that, though, a an, an opportunity, because what they've done is set up these different statues, these different idols, to so these different gods. And there's one, <laughs> and I always love this text, there's one that's to the unknown god. They don't want to leave anyone out. If there's a, a god that they forgot about, they want to make sure that they're included too. And so it literally says to the unknown God. <laughs> unknown God. Just in case we miss somebody, don't want your feelings to be hurt. Exactly. Yeah. You know, all these different gods that, uh, and I, what I think is so interesting too, all these different gods are, are just, uh, they, they their domain is just a small sliver of the earth and of life, right? Uh, just the God of the sea, just the God of the sun, just the God of death. That's kind of interesting. So if there's some sliver they forgot about, some unknown God, they build an altar even to that unknown one. So uh, Paul, I, I think, is this brilliant. And he uses, of all things, these idols and these statues as an opportunity to proclaim God, the one true God, to proclaim Christ. I think that's just amazing that he uses something that we would think was so foreign uh, to God. Those things should be knocked down, toppled over, and maybe they should be. Uh, but that's not what Paul does. Instead, he uses this as an opportunity to teach and proclaim the gospel. I think that's kind of interesting. And, and, and it's interesting, Matt, because actually Lynn and I were just listening to uh, a lecture on this particular uh, portion of Scripture from, by the way, uh, Concordia Publishing House. Oh, excellent. <laughs> My wife would be glad to hear that, John. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, it's called Paul's Paul's Missionary Journeys. Search for it on the Internet, and, it, and it's free. Great. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll send you these little videos. Uh, Ken Sherb, I believe, is the guy leading it. And, and I thought it was interesting. He pointed out the word religious here, which maybe makes us a little uncomfortable. Well, wait a second. These are false gods. Could you really say they're religious? But he points out that that word could also be understood as superstitious. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Yeah. So it's kind of a dual meaning there. You, you may think that you are very religious, but of course we know actually you're just very, very superstitious. That's superstitious. What you are. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. 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 This kind of uh, false flattery that Paul's offering these people yeah. uh, as he, he begins to teach. Oh, so, so here's what he has to say. Here's how he uses that unknown God, that altar through the unknown God as an opportunity uh, to share the gospel. So, um, yeah, if you want to read then in verses, uh, well, verse 24 in particular, go ahead and read uh, 24 and 20, I guess 25 as well, as Paul explains this unknown God. 
Okay, it says, the God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth. Okay, so he's really in charge of everything, not just a splinter of it, as you said, yep. or a sliver. Uh, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. All right. So, yeah, he says he starts by saying, yeah, what you is unknown to you, I'm going to make known to you. And then uh, he goes into just explaining that, yeah, forget about these gods of, of the, the sea and the sky and the sun. No, l- let me tell you about the one who made the sea and the sky and the sun, who's not in charge of just, yeah, one section of creation, but all of creation. Uh, that God who doesn't need a temple made by human hands and isn't served by human hands as though someone has to feed God or provide for God. No, no, this is God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Um, and I think it goes back to that song we started with, right? He's got the whole world in his oh, hand, yeah. right? Not just yeah. parts of it. No, he's got the whole thing in his hands. He is uh, the one true God. Uh, so yeah, yeah, this is, is Paul's uh, proclamation here. Uh, so I think that's that's pretty neat how he uses that, that, that pagan place as an opportunity to proclaim uh, the one true God. And, yeah. and, and, you know, the thing is, Matt, see, the problem is we, we have all been brought up in a monotheistic society. Uh, you know, right now there's this great struggle going on between Christianity and agnosticism and, and atheism. But but yeah. from the very beginning, our whole culture, when we're talking about uh, agnostics and atheists, we're not talking about people that believe in all the God of sun and uh, and the God of the moon or, or the earth or whatever. No, no, we, we all come from the same culture where there's one God. I mean, we may not believe in that God or that there is a God, but, but we don't understand this was a radical different way of looking at things that for most of of uh, history people did just what you said they had their little sliver gods and and they had all their idols uh that this concept that came out of judaism and then christian and also within the muslims that there's only one god boy that was a that was a brand new idea that just no one had thought of before but what i like about this set of verses is, is it shows how we've actually we've still kept that kind of polytheistic view, even though we call it monotheistic, because at the heart of the polytheistic view is that you've got to give something to the God in order to get him to benefit and bless you. That's how. That's why you had multiple idols, because you make sacrifices to the multiple idols. You make sacrifice to the god of the ground, so he would give you a good harvest. You'd make sacrifice to the 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 eros, so that you'd have babies. You know that that's the operating principle. So so we don't we don't think that way anymore. We don't think in terms of many many gods, but we still do the same thing. We think we've got to give something to God in order to get something back. And Paul points out that's what's ridiculous. If he is God. Why would he need anything? And if he is God, isn't he the one that is giving us everything? So how can you form your religion on the thought that it's all about the things you do for God? When really, as Christianity teaches so clearly, no, religion, faith is all about the God who gives us everything. Yeah, and that, that's what makes Christianity Christianity, really, yeah. right? That it's God has given us everything, grace, and he's given us all in Christ. I, I, I just because now you, you get like my mind race and see see so you got monotheistic Judaism you got monotheistic Muslimism but it still retains the essence of polytheism it's still a God you've got to give something to you got to keep those laws you you got to follow Shara and say your prayers because he really needs you to do these things and then maybe maybe he'll do some good things for you 
Yeah. Uh, so, so it's interesting how these monotheistic religions still keep the heart and essence of polytheism. Christianity is the only one to say, oh, no, not only is there just one God, but if that's true, then, then the whole way you've been doing religion from the beginning has been wrong. Yeah. It's not yeah. about anything we do for God. Yeah, I mean that even that word Islam means submit. I mean that's that's yeah. what religion there you go. What the name means, you know. So yeah. it's, it's yeah. salvation or you know, some version of salvation found in submitting, you know, what we do. But anyway, yeah, you're right, you're right. Um I, I do think though that that I I'm glad you brought up that word religious before, you know, because I think our culture today still has that that veneer of being religious, and maybe it is more superstitious than than anything. Uh and no, it's it's not necessarily a, a following after a God. No, there's a growing number of atheists, right? People that say they don't believe in God, and yet there's still something that they put their trust in, right? Yes. Um, and, and and maybe it's, especially during this time of COVID, maybe it's medicine, and uh, maybe it's taking precautions, maybe it's the economy, and we want that to bounce back. Whatever that trust is in um, that we think is going to hold up our world right now, that's 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 your God, whatever you trust in. But again, to, to recognize, no, no, those, it's not those things. No, it's 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 God, the one true God. He's the one who has the whole world in his hands. And, and what I think is important, too, is especially during this time of pandemic is that phrase, the whole world. You know, this is, I think, in our lifetimes, at least, John, um, even your lifetime. Um, this is the first time that really something has affected <laughs> the entire world. You yes. know, I think back, oh, World War II, yeah, perhaps that affected, you know, most of the world. Uh, but, but yeah, in the past 70 years or so, no, this is it. This has affected the whole world. Um, you know, so I, I think, boy, an opportunity for us to proclaim, no, there's, there's a God here who isn't just a local God or just a national God, but he is the God of, of the world, of the universe, and he's holding the world uh, in his hands. Uh, I think that's so important to recognize during this time, too. Um, you know, but I, I think the other thing that's important to recognize, too, and, and I want to get to while we still have some time, is, you know, that song, he's got the whole world in his hands. You know, he's got the whole yeah. world in his hands that we talked about. So so that's verse one. Verse two of the song. Do you know what verse two is, John? I, I have no idea. Okay. What is so verse this is two? This is the pop song, the top song in 1958. Uh, verse two goes like this. He's got the itty-bitty baby in his Oh, yes. He's got the itty-bitty baby in his hands. And it goes on. And what I think is so cool about that is that, um, you know, we we have a God who not only holds the whole world in his hands, but who holds the little bitty babies in his hands, uh, who holds us as individuals in his hands. Uh, the same hands who holds the whole world, in other words, also hold you. And I think that's so important during this pandemic time, too, uh, to remember both things. God's got the whole world in his hands. He, he's the creator of heaven and earth. But But guess what? God's got you in his hands, too. Uh, as an individual, as a person that he dearly loves, uh, whoever you are. Um, so that it's it's important to, to remember, remember both those things, both those things. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm thinking of the, the passage from which maybe that, that song comes from, for God so loved the world, right? Yeah, um, But it goes on to say that he gave his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him. See, it's an individual thing that they might not perish. Yeah, so I, that's a great thought, Matt. Yeah. Uh, it, it's not just, he's not just the, the God of, of pan, the God of all, but he's the God of you. That that's yeah. the personal thing. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, you know, as we as we close up, just kind of a one story that I wanted to share, John. We have a, uh, a we've had one member uh, who's been affected by COVID and and passed away as a result of it. Mm. Uh, but uh, 
but his, his name was Lee, uh, and suffering from dementia, he was in a very nice uh, uh, nursing home facility here in St. Louis, uh, and unfortunately, the virus entered that facility, um, and he passed away. Um, you know, and the, the thing of it is, you know, his family wasn't able to be there with him, <laughs> you know, uh, yes, that's for a couple treasure, months. Yeah. Um, so he, you know, he felt alone. His family felt as though he was alone. But that, that's, that's, you know, again, this word of comfort that, that Lee and that you are not alone, that uh, even though his family wasn't there to hold his hand at the time of his death, um, God still held him in his hands. You know, I think of uh, verses like Isaiah 41, where it says, I will strengthen you, I help you, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Um, so again, just that, that promise that Paul helps to bring to light uh, in the most unlikely of places, right, on the Areopagus with all those idols, that there's a God who holds the world in his hands, uh, and he's the same one that holds you in his hands too. And you know, that's the thing, the unknown God is no help to us, but our God, Jesus Christ, yeah, he is. He is very much our personal God. Exactly. And that's where God makes himself known as in Jesus, right? And and all that his hands did is they healed and blessed. And as they held still to be nailed to a, a wooden cross, and as they were raised in those same hands that one day you're going to welcome us uh, into our eternal home in his return. Yep. This has been Wrestling, Wrestling with, with the Baby. The baby. <laughs>